0: What's it like to share your message with the world through podcasting? What is your method for helping people and making a positive difference in the world? Hi, I'm Shelley Carney, LiveCast coach and host of the Messages and Methods podcast. Join me as I share fascinating stories and insights from podcasting women I met at the She Podcast Live conference in Scottsdale, Arizona in October, 2021. This series of interviews will provide the foundation of understanding of why women podcast today and how they impact the world through their voice and message. My guest for this conversation is Molly Ruland. And I may have said that wrong, but that's okay. She'll correct me. Uh, Molly, tell us. Well, welcome, first of all. Welcome. Thank you. And I did meet you at your talk today about imposter syndrome, which I have to say, I thought was going to be, you know, a fluffy life coachy kind of thing. And I was like, well, kind of already know this stuff. And I have mean, never written articles on it myself. So I don't know what I'm going to learn. But then it was <laughs> <laughs> a full on assault. It was, yeah. <laughs> hey, people, you need to be charging more money. You need to be doing this, that and the other thing. And I was like, oh, let me take some notes. <laughs> so wonderful talk today. But tell me more. Thank you about yourself
1: well my name is Molly Ruland you got that right Um, when I was 18 my mom told me it was Molly Ruland and I told her she should have told me that a lot sooner (laughs) and I'm sticking with what I know but um, I am uh, based out of Washington DC but I currently live in Costa Rica and I'm a podcast producer. So I uh, specifically produce podcasts for businesses, brands, nonprofits, government agencies, think tanks, uh, people that are either trying to get out a message about you know community health or public health concerns or uh, raise money through donors through a nonprofit or get out a message or just you know create strategic relationships and generate revenue from their podcast versus someone who's um, has a passion project or a hobby podcast. I, I really work well with people who want to create strategic content to cr- increase their ROI. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
0: larger organizations and how do you help them? What is it that you're doing for them?
1: Well, so what I do is, you know, the three pillars of podcasting is strategy, production, and amplification. So I work with them in the beginning to not just set up their podcast and all their branding and, uh, the RSS feed and the pilot episode and all of that but we also do strategy uh, sessions with them focus sessions with them where we meet with them every month for 90 minutes talk about what is the goal post what does a successful podcast look like to you you know what does that mean is it more clients is it more visibility like you have to really dial in on do you want to be on the Apple new and, new and noteworthy or are you trying to land contracts like y- it, you know you have to really figure out what that looks like for you and then reverse engineering that so that making sure that every episode episode. episode recorded is not just a, I'm going to interview entrepreneurs because that's what I think people want. Like, no, that has nothing to do with your business or your objective or your mission. So let's really dial in on that. Uh, and then from there we do full service production. So once we have identified the goals, then we also do the production. Um, I have a full you know six full-time employees that do the audio, video, transcription, I mean, every asset, even medium article writing, social media content, all of that. Uh, and then the amplification kind of it ties back into the strategy. How are you creating a second touchpoint, a third touch point? What's your runway there? Like, are you following up with them? Hey, Tom, thanks for coming on the show. It was great to meet you. Episode's coming out Tuesday. Here's three graphics. Here's the link. Here's three tweets you can copy and post. By the way, would love to have you at my next entrepreneurial dinner. Or by the way, I'd love to sp- have you speak at my next thing. Like, you have to have a reason why you're interviewing that person. And if you don't follow up with them afterwards, you completely miss the magic of the podcast. And I think so many people really, whether it's a branded podcast or not, focus on, it's like the Venn diagram online of like cheap, fast, or good. And I think a lot of people focus on just the production. Right. And not enough of the strategy or not enough of the amplification. Right. And or too much on the strategy or too much on the amplification, but they didn't have a strategy or good content. Right. So it's like you were missing. So you really need an equal balance of all three of those things to make sure that you're hitting your mark.
0: I'm fascinated. (laughs) I just want to, I just want to sit and listen to you all day. (laughs) Thank you. It's so, such good information. Uh, So, what are the types of people that, uh, you're working with. I heard you talk about lawyers and organizations, and and um, when they come to you, what kind of expectations do they have?
1: Um, well, I do a lot of public speaking, so I've spoken a lot at like the National Press Club and different associations, PRSA, um, to really help you know organizations kind of figure out what they're trying to do. Um, and so it's a lot of different people. I mean, I have a client who. Uh, owns a food packaging company. You know, it's a it's a you know a smaller company, but they do a lot of big business. Um, and we really crafted a podcast that spoke to the things that she cares about, but also ties back into you know the call to action. That's another part of the strategy and amplific- amplification. So many people to end of the podcast say, find us wherever you download iTunes. Like, no, it should be join our email list. Consider donating to this nonprofit. Join us at this next event. Like, you you know you're really missing it so so it's anywhere from companies like that to, I work with, you know, Department of Health. I work with, Na- I've done a podcast for NATO. Uh, I work a lot with the Atlantic Council, which is a think tank that's been around for the, since the seventies. Um, and they have a full, you know, audio and video team, but they've realized that it's actually more cost effective to hire someone like me, who's going to bring in my team of six people and centralize everything. Because even though they do audio and even though they do video, those people don't know how to produce a podcast or what to do with it. And so it financially makes more sense to work with a company like HeartCast Media to have us produce the content and distribute it, you know, on their behalf than it is to create this new, you know, thing and then have it moving through multiple departments Mm and then disrupting them from their already, you know, current job, especially Mm -hmm. in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are already overworked, right? So. A lot of organizations lean on me to be their like white label in-house production arm. But with that, they also get me and my 22 years experience so I can do the strategy and I can help them with the amplification to make sure that they actually achieve the goal that they set out to. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, podcasting is not cheap. Even if you're doing it DIY, there's still labor costs, still your time. Like it's not cheap. And there's so many articles written about how start a podcast tomorrow for free. That should not be your goal. Mm -hmm. Anchor, start a podcast, it's free. That Mm -hmm. should not be the goal. I mean, if you're doing a hobby podcast, sure, but if you're a business, that should not be the goal. Mm -hmm. So I work with lots of different people, but definitely people who are like have a budget and understand that a podcast would be beneficial to their business, but they're not exactly sure what they want to talk about or they don't know the production side. So I help them dial in and then just take care of everything.
0: Let me give you an example of uh, we have a client. She is uh, wanting to do videos, uh, and podcasting and blogging to support her outreach for her business. And, um, on the one hand, she can be a personal brand because she's that well-known. She's that well-connected. On the other hand, she has a business. Uh, so she's already got a YouTube for her business and we are, we are deciding with her, do you want to have your, uh, podcast, be your personal brand so that it builds up your business. And eventually if you want to sell your business, you can sell that, but you still own your personal brand. What would you say to that?
1: I mean, there's a lot of value to that, right? Like, but I think ultimately you should be driving. If there's anything I learned in business it's take the fastest route to the money. Okay. And so I think she should lead the podcast with her business and then that business can funnel to the personal brand because if you're really creating a podcast to pers- pers- to support your business, then you need to be targeting people who have budgets for that for whatever service you offer. And so I think your podcast should be around that. And then I think the catch-all should be the personal brand. Hey, if you really enjoyed this and the content from my company... By the way, you can also reach me here. So so I've done the same thing. So I have like two brands. I have Heartcast Media, then I have Molly Ruland. And so if you if you're not ready for Heartcast Media, if you don't have 5k a month to have podcasts produced for you, then like you can go to Molly Ruland and you can hire me or you can take my mini courses. You can get some of that knowledge, but in in your own way. And that way when I sell my company, Molly Rulin still can do speaking engagements and have my branding and have my courses. But at the end of the day, it's like really starting from heartcast, mm-hmm. you know? And and if she's creating a podcast to support her business, then it should be directly related to her business first. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. It's that straightest path to the money. And I think a lot of times people are like, You have to build a community and you have to offer all this value and you have to do all this stuff for free. I'm not on board with that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have different price points, but you shouldn't be aiming there. So as a business owner, I would say produce content that's going to support the business. And then in your call to action, in your show notes, in your SEO data, you can lead to other things. You can have that podcast. You could say this business podcast is sponsored by her personal brand. Like there's ways to tie all that together. But at the end of the day, if she's really trying to drive to the business, then that's what she should focus on.
0: Okay. Okay. All
1: right, I think.
0: Well, what would you recommend to a podcaster who's just starting out?
1: Get super clear on why it is you're doing it. Seventy percent of podcasts don't make it past seven episodes, and that and they call it pod fade. Mm-hmm. But now there's something called pod flash, and like eighty percent of podcasts on Anchor haven't made it past one episode. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it because you think it's TikTok or Reels, and you're you're not, it's no, there's no immediate gratification. With podcasting. It's like social media. You can't post on social media for a week and be like, I have all these clients now. It doesn't work that way. Podcasting is a long game. That's why you have to be super strategic about it. And so... Yeah, I mean, I think just really focusing on the strategy and, and 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 why are you doing it? Is it to support your business? Is it just because you feel like you have wisdom to share? But be very, very clear. You know, what are your intentions for that content? And then the other thing I would say is, like, there's no free lunch. And stop looking for free stuff, okay? Like, don't, like, and, and, and you know, uh, my mom always said you never get a second chance to make a good first impression, right? And my grandma always said, for every crooked pot, there's a crooked lid. But you know, that's a whole separate story. But you know, this idea of like, well, I'm gonna start here, and then if it works, then I'll put more money into it, or I'm gonna start recording from my phone, and then if it works, I'll buy a real microphone. <laughs> Look, man, you could throw a fishing line into the water with no bait and say, well, if I catch a fish, then I'll spend money on bait. That's that's just not how it works. So, and so it's so misleading. There's so many articles and all these, you know, you know. All these publications, all the ads are like, start a podcast today, build a, sh- a podcast studio on a shoestring budget, um, start a podcast with no money. That should not be the goal. That should, like, that should not be the goal. Something's value is not determined by how free it was, you know? And so if you're trying to do a true crime podcast, right? Sure, Right. But if you're a business, no, you can't start off with a cheap, free option and think you're going to land the clients. If you're trying to get business out of this or build strategic relationships, you need to have proper microphones, and you need to have the content produced well, and you have to have intention and strategy behind it. And and you know, don't start with a, a you know a bad mic or no mic. Don't don't go on Anchor because it's free. Pay fifteen bucks a month to Podbean, like. There there's no free lunch. You wouldn't say I want to run ads on Facebook but only if it's free. Like if you're marketing your business, you know there's an expense. It's the cost of business, right? So I understand I'm speaking to a different audience, like a branded podcast audience, but you know, there's no free lunch. Man, there's podcasting is not cheap because if you hire somebody to do those things, it's going to cost you money. If you decide to do them yourself, it's going to take you three times longer than it would me, and your time has value. So that podcast is still expensive. There's no cheap podcast. Like there just isn't. And Russell Brunson records a podcast from his phone and all that. And Anchor's like, record from your phone and reach the world. Nobody's listening to that. And then then my friend's like, well, Russell Brunson. I'm like, yeah, because he's Russell Brunson. Like he can get away with doing it from his phone. But like either way, there's an investment of time or money or effort or whatever. So just be sure what you're trying to accomplish. Because if you don't have a clear goal, you're going to get in the weeds with it. You're going to spend all this time. You're not going to get any results. And you're going to think... It doesn't work and you're going to be really discouraged by it. So I would say in, you know, what you get in is what you put out, you know, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. decide how important it is, because I will say this, this client that I mentioned, she came to me a month after the pandemic. And she said, I want to start this podcast because there's so much racial inequality in the food packaging world. And I'm seeing all these people like natural food industry was like very diverse. And now it's like the new hot thing in like California. So now all these white men are moving in this space and displacing all these people of color that have been in the natural food industry. Right. It's just classic. And she really wanted to speak on it, which is technically detrimental to her business. Hmm. As a business owner, like criticizing white men is not necessarily good for business. But she really wanted, and she really wanted to focus on women. So, and she said, but I don't know if my company's going to be around or not. Cause none of us knew what was happening a month in the pandemic. Right. We were like, we have no idea. Everyone's like pivot, pivot. It was like, you know, wild west. Right. So we branded everything in the same fonts and the same colors as our corporation. And she leaned all the way. She's like, you think? I'm like, yes, lean all the way. And we need more. Women. Like, and she did. And now she's 50 plus episodes in. She's doubled her rates by, or she's, tr- she's increased her rates by a hundred percent twice. And they have more contracts that they can sign. And they've hired and sourced amazing employees who have said, I've listened to all 50 of your episodes and you are amazing. And I want to work for somebody like you with your morals and your your commitment to racial equality. I want to work for you. Who would have ever thought a branded podcast could source a good employee? A good employee has value to it. And if you're an employer, you understand that a bad employee is detrimental to your bottom line and a good employee can make or break your business. So what if your, even if your branded podcast only got you one great employee, a hundred percent worth the investment. You know how much a corporate recruiter costs? So that's a perfect example of how it can really work for you, especially if you're living your authentic truth, even if you're a business, you know, and now it's like all the way leaned in and that's what people know her for. And she gets to talk about the stuff she really cares about. So you don't have to sacrifice one or the other. You just have to be really intentional with your content, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um well give us an example of one of your success stories that sounded like one of them right there right (laughs) um tell us a story of how you got from where you started to where you are now Mm. that's a good story
1: it is well i i have been in multimedia for 22 years i owned a company called one love massive uh, and I I supported and nurtured community through art, music, and culture. And so I, uh, had, I managed 160 artists, and I booked festivals and bands, and I uh, infused a lot of money into local talent in Washington, D.C. And I've always been very passionate about elevating and amplifying voices. So even as a kid, my mom would call me the queen of the Justice League because I would say, that's not fair. And it really drives me. I'm somebody who really cares, like, I'm from Washington, D.C., so everybody in my life that I care about is black. It's not a hashtag for me. It's not a movement like my mentors are black. My therapist was black. My boyfriend was black. It's a very different world, you know? And so I, I, you know, I care about creating platforms for people to have a voice. And so for me, just to to be able to support local artists and do that, but then just get a little older and really dial in on what it is that I care about. And especially now with The world and where it's been, you know, I just think it's really important to elevate bigger voices that can impact the world. So I love my local indie artists, but it was like I have to move to here Um, because at the end of the day, like, you know, if there's no purpose behind what you're doing, you're just you're going to get tired of it, at least for me. You know, I'm somebody who wants to use my voice and my platform to help other people and to create some equality. And so if I can amplify a podcast from then at Economic Policy Institute or the the Iranian Council, then like I'm doing my job as a human and I'm running a good business, which means that I can employ other people. So that to me is kind of... It's all very relevant. You know what I mean? It's it's the same message, but maybe a different audience or maybe a different person behind the microphone. But it's always, for me, been the same message of one love, one heart, one destiny. Like, we're all the same. I don't know why anybody thinks we're not. <laughs> I really don't, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's an honor for me to produce content for, like, Department of Health, who's getting out information. Like... I I produce online learning modules and one of them was like racial bias and and medicine. Like I'm proud to produce that content and nobody knows, but I I get to help get that messaging out, you know, and that, that makes a difference for me. So it, it matters, you know,
0: Mm -hmm. that's right. Why is it important in your opinion for women to participate in podcasting?
1: Well, because it's the ultimate like expression of non-censorship. And it's an incredible industry that a lot of women can make money from. Mm -hmm. We're no offense, but we're better, (laughs) you know, you know, no offense to any man that's listening, but we're better. We're, we're just, you know, we're, we're just better. And we're, we're attuned to details and the inflection and the, and the thought and the intention and all that. Like this is what we're really good at. And we, you know, we're, we're, what are they mavens or whatever they call it, where it's like, you know, I I find something great and I want to tell everybody else about it. It's like, that's who we are. And, Women in tech is a real thing and it starts simple with knowing how to use your microphone or knowing how to use the Zoom Pod Track P4. It's, it's empowering, you know, mm-hmm. it's empowering. And at the end of the day, if we let the same people have the voice that they've always had, we're not going to make any progress. So I think it's really, really important. And at the end of the day, it's like a 40000000000 I, billion. I'm an exaggerator, as I mentioned earlier. But like, they, what, what did they do, a billion in advertising last year? I mean, there's so much money to be made, and there's no reason. Like one time I was talking to a, this woman, and I said, I've been in a male-dominated industry for a long time. And she said, honey, all industries are male-dominated. <laughs> I thought, Whew. Ain't that the truth. So I love more women getting involved. That's why I'm passionate about empowering women how to run better podcast businesses, even though that's not necessarily what I do. But like if I can just give women or anybody really with a podcast business, but especially women, uh, some information to help them do a better job of that, that means they're going to empower more people. They're going to enrich their communities. Uh, and we just need more women in tech. We need we need less of this mansplaining. And, uh, we, you know, like we, we, like fellows, we got this it's our time you know uh and i think it's just important i think it's so cool too right like i'm old enough to know that like 50 years ago if you told the truth you were killed you were killed or labeled a communist or blacklisted this is such an amazing time that comes with the repercussions of misinformation Mm -hmm. so we just have to do a better job of amplifying the right messaging but man what a time to i mean even though i don't want to subscribe to all that loneliness I'm still grateful that we're able to do it so and it's just empowering it's empowering it's it's fun to run equipment it's fun to you know Mm -hmm. it's it feels good it feels it's very empowering and I and and I think every time a woman feels that way it impacts the world in a positive place
0: yeah yeah so what is it that made you decide to attend the she podcasts live conference
1: this one's kind of personal so I was at the she podcast the last one in Atlanta and i applied to speak and they accepted me and i was kind of on the fence because of covid and i live in costa rica so it's like a whole you know it's easy, it's cheaper to fly into costa rica than it is to fly out and i was just sort of on the fence you know just being nervous with everything and um my mom died a month ago and we didn't it's a complicated relationship just like everyone and I was just thinking to myself, man, I really want to share this message that I have, like I did today in the, in the thing. But she podcast is so special because it's just this such a supportive, awesome environment. And I was like, I'm gonna do the math on this. There's like however many women, a significant percentage of those women will be moms, and I'm just gonna go soak up all that feminine mom energy. And that's exactly what ha- has happened. So many people have come to me and said, I I just want to hug you or you know just this amazingly supportive environment and i and and i love sheep pockets and i love everything they stand for but personally why i'm here right now is cuz i needed to fill my cup with that energy so that i could go back and just feel a little bit more hopeful about everything cuz mm-hmm. who's not knee deep in so much grief right now i don't know anybody who didn't lose people last year and it i mean i lost so many people and none of them had anything to do with covid either it's like i don't even you know I've never lost so many people in my life in such a short period of time. So I'm so grateful for the re-entry to socializing to be this event because it's just such a awesome, welcoming, intelligent, you know, resourceful, kind community of women and people who identify as women. And I just think we need more of that.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and i know you're a libra because you told me it was your birthday yesterday that's right
1: libra gang
0: so i can tell why you are are adamant about providing a platform for uh those who really need it Mm -hmm. um what are the plans that you have for the future of your business
1: I'm so glad you asked me that. Mm -hmm. So um, I am uh, on track to meet a million dollars in revenue next year. I want to change the percentage of women-owned businesses that make more than $1 million in a year is currently 4.2%. So if I can get it to 4.3, I'll take it. Um... I have always set to build hardcast media at some point to sell the company once it's a profitable business. I mean, it's a profitable business, but once it gets to a million, then I'll, I'll take my you know 50 mil from Spotify. Actually, I don't even want to spell sell the Spotify anymore. I'm kind of over that. but the, the plan is to build a business. Uh, and in the meantime, I'm also building the personal brand because when I sell the business, I don't ever want to not be able to do public speaking or empower other women or do what I did today. I don't want that to be a part of the deal. So I've formed a separate company and a separate brand to nurture that as well so that no matter what, I can never, you know, even when that company is sold, I can still do what I I'm really passionate about, which is, you know, working with people one-on-one uh, and doing public speaking, you know, like out of that, the the women today in that room, you know, if anyone even one time charges more next year because of that talk, then like that's that's a positive mark in the right column, right? So if I can do more of that, that would really... That would make me feel like my life has not been in vain, you know. it's because it's not just about making money, you know. What I mean, you want to make money to enrich your community, community and empower and employ more people. But really, what makes me feel better is just helping women make more money and destigmatize all that. And just we got we got to change, we got to change the narrative, we got to change the game. And so I'm I want to be that person. I want to be that other angel on your shoulder that's like no. You don't have to do it. If you can't do it for you, do it for me, you know? And and then we'll just slowly get there together.
0: Yeah. So um, is there any question that you wish I would have asked you today? Anything you want to cover that I didn't get into?
1: You know, this is kind of off topic a little bit, but if you are a person of privilege or you're a white person or any kind of privilege, um, this has been a... Very interesting time for all of us with George Floyd. A lot of people have really. And I think that it, it's like the concept of not like I, I'm not giving anybody a voice. That's very uh, an ignorant statement. Everybody has a voice. Any need platforms, not voices. And so I would just say, if, if you have any of that inside of you, and I, it has nothing to do with this interview, but I, if I have a microphone, I'm going to take the moment to say, you know, being a good ally means being a good ally in the rooms with, when people of color aren't there. When it's really uncomfortable, it's at the family dinners, it's challenging things, it's having uncomfortable, it's being that person when everyone's like, oh, Molly, here she goes again, right? But, like, it never mattered than ever before. So if you have some privilege or you have a network, like, please consider opening that up because once we're all truly equal, that's when we start to fix things. And until there's this supposed idea that one person is better than the other because of their financial status or the color of their skin or their gender you know, we're just fighting against ourselves. So, you know, if, if you have that in you lean into it, just like my client who's, who thought, you know, I don't know if I should talk about this stuff. No. And look what it did for her business. Like you don't have to be afraid and it doesn't make you difficult and it won't impact your business. And it never mattered than any time before. So if you have that in you like lean into it and if you don't know how to do that, ask somebody. But man, You know, one love, one heart, one destiny. We got to be in this thing together and, uh, we got to start somewhere. So if you want to be a good ally, create some space. All
0: right. So Molly, where can people find and connect with you and your business?
1: Um, my business website is heartcastmedia.com, like podcast, but heartcast. And my personal website is com, my first and last name. Uh, and I love doing focus sessions with people, um, discovery calls with people to see what their needs are and see how I can help or refer you to somebody else. But, uh, I always welcome a conversation, especially now in this time. I love getting on video calls with people and learning about them because you just never know. You know, you just—I—I I did a—I did a logo for the a, for a, a temporary client who's like a real estate agent, you know. And we got on the call and we were talking about the logo. And I just sort of sensed something was wrong. So I started asking her. And she's like, yeah, I got divorced. I moved in this new house. And you know." And she's kind of a mess. And so I was like, okay, we're going to table that. And I said, you know, okay, wh- who are your friends? What are you doing? Are you taking some And we had this like really great you know, session to just talk about some real stuff and send her on her way. And I, I think really that's what life is about, right? Like you got to give wherever you can and help people wherever you can, whatever that might mean. So.
0: So reach out to Molly, and if you need a speaker, I would highly recommend Molly, because uh, not only is she fascinating, but she's got that, that dynamic spirit, and she's funny. We laughed, <laughs> yeah. I mean, quite a bit, and... Uh, and she was good with that. She was good with us laughing, I think.
1: That's, you got to have fun in life, right? It can't yeah. all be doom and gloom. you gotta, yeah. you got to laugh at yourself and other people sometimes, too, you know? That's right. Thank you, though.
0: Thank you for being with us today, Molly, on Messages and Methods. And I do hope that uh, you enjoy the rest of the conference. Have a great flight back to Costa Rica. Thank be you. safe. And I hope that we can see you again in the future.
1: I, you know, I'm positive we will. So thank you very much. Yeah.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Messages and Methods She Podcast Conference interview series with Shelley Carney, produced by Toby Eunice. Please subscribe, leave a great review, and look for our compilation book on Amazon soon. Share our podcast with your family and friends and discover how you can become a fabulous podcaster at agkmedia.studio or join our Facebook group, Leveraging Your Content. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please enjoy all our wonderful podcast episodes.